Hello, this is Bevelizing Eyes, and welcome to Poetry Unraveled, featuring poets worldwide where we uncover the rawness of our inch words that reveal hidden truths, turning the human experience into moments of appreciation and bits of wisdom. Let's start unraveling. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, This is episode two of Poetry Unraveled. Today, I have a guest. Her name is Diana, and I actually met her through Instagram. Um, We were just following each other because, you know, there's a poetry Instagram niche, um, a little community there, and that's how I met her, and we've been friends for over a year now, I think. So, Diana, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, most of you guys that follow me probably know me as Paza Siciliana, but um, you can call me Diana or a lot of my followers call me Paza, whatever is fine. Oh, that's cute. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are going to discuss the writing process and just like different aspects of the writing process. I think it's really interesting to understand how poets end up you know, how the process of beginning writing from the beginning of the product to the finished product, um, whether or not they go through one draft or hundreds of drafts, and if they have other people revise their works, those are all the kind of questions that we're going to dive into with Diana. So um, I guess we'll just get started. What is the process when you write a poem? Well, I have a couple different things. I mean, honestly, it's, I feel like I write poetry in my head all day. So it's just, I'm constantly having like ideas like flowing in my head. And a lot of the time I'm out somewhere. So I have to do it in my phone. But um, so sometimes a word will just speak to me or it'll be song lyrics or I'm inspired by other poetry that I read. I do like to read other poetry and I especially love yours. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Most of the time it comes from the memory of my real life experiences, like reliving traumatic events or happy times also, cause I write a lot about love, but I also write about trauma mostly my own trauma but it can be other people's experiences as well if I feel inspired by it um I also use my imagination a lot when it comes to things like love people tell me that my poetry tends to tell a story Mm -hmm. and when I'm actually like in a mood where I'm gonna sit down and do it not just out like oh let me put this in my phone really quick um I always have candles burning and I have special lighting because it helps me kind of set the mood and tap into my creativity. Yeah, I get what you mean by that. Candles, I don't know what what it is about them, but they somehow just bring the poetic side of me out. Yeah, and then I'll sit here and I'll actually be like, okay, what's the mood? Like, what do I want to smell right now? So like, if I'm going to sometimes like want to write about love, it'll be like a romantic kind of scent. Like, I don't know, it's strange, but it works. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I can't say I, I picked the scent. I kind of just light just the candle just to have that um, atmosphere. I'll have all the lights off in my room and then I'll just have that one candle lit and just kind of seeing the candlelight flames, you know, dance on the, 
on the walls is like enough for me to just like get into writing mode. It's more like creating that tranquil space, sort of speak. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely not just the scent, it's the flame too. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. Yeah. I so think though. personally, it would be pretty hard to write poetry in a really busy setting. Um, unless I had headphones and I'm just focused on what I'm doing. But yeah, I, th- I think I definitely need my kind of like space to just be laid out exactly how I want you to really come out with like the best, you know, poetry. Yeah, I have it like in my head when I'm out somewhere and I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to write this down and I'm going to forget. Yeah, it's another thing. I, I do that too. I'll find... Um, something that just speaks out to me and I'm just like oh shoot I'm driving like so I'll quick do a little voice memo on my phone to remember what I was thinking because there's so many times I'm like oh I'll remember when I get home and I never do and I'm like wow that was a whole poem that could have been born and it just never was it's very frustrating yeah um so then do you typically write your poems by hand or do you type it out or is a little bit of both Um, It's a little bit of both. So like I said, if I'm out somewhere, I don't have a choice. Like I'll just do it in my phone. Um, I try to get my thoughts or ideas out as soon as they come to me. So I don't forget them. Um, But come back to it later to like really focus and expand on it. Um, But even like at home now, I've been typing a lot because honestly, like writing so much like it, my fingers are killing me. Yeah. So it's hard to... um, I do both, but I don't know, whatever's more comfortable. I think for me, it's like, I started off by just writing in my journals. And then afterwards, once I started publishing on or posting on Facebook and Instagram, then I started typing just so it would look better presentation wise, because my handwriting can be really hard to read my cursive. Like, I feel like I'm the only one that can read my journals. So it makes it even more special because it's like, um, you know, something that only I can really understand. So even if you tried to like sneak through my journals, you wouldn't know what it's saying at all. Private, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, especially for the ones that are much more painful to talk about, I make that way messier <laughs> just in case someone tries to read it. Cause it's like, I, I definitely don't want anyone to read it. It was just for my own sake of writing it down for my own personal growth and healing. Um, but the ones I do feel comfortable sharing, I'll end up, you know, writing better on a the next sheet. Um, but also, I just don't really like my handwriting. So that's why I really go for the typed out look and having it look really neat and organized. I don't really like my handwriting either sometimes, especially if like my fingers hurt. So like I get like frustrated that I feel like it looks messy. Mm-hmm. But you like sometimes like make it messy. That's really funny. Yeah, I like purposely make it messy because I remember uh, sometimes my roommates were trying to read like my latest poetry and I'm like, no, no, I don't want you guys to want to read it. So like I purposely write it messy. So if they do sneak into my room, they had no idea what I was writing. It was like hieroglyphics to them. Um, So another question for you. So when you write a poem, do you do it all in one sitting or does it happen in stages? over the course of a couple of days, weeks, what would you say? 
it's really rare um, that it's in one sitting sometimes, but not really. Um, most of them are done over time, which can be like days, weeks, or months. Sometimes I think it's done and then I reread it later. And I just like, not even really intending to change it, but in the moment, I'm just like, you know what, actually, I think I'm going to make this line this and take this out. And I don't know, it's weird. I feel like it's hard to say, like, if it's ever really done, because you can think it is, but then you just feel like, I could have like made this so much better, but I'm my own worst critic. So I always just feel like it can be better. Yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. Because, you know, there's times where, you know, I'm so confident and I post it and then I go back, I go through my feed and just, you know, aesthetically just to look at it and also to see how far I've come and I'll read some of my old poems. And I'm like, oh man, I could have done this. I could have done that, but now it's published. It's out there. So um, it's frustrating because, you know, you want to like revise it, but you can't really on Instagram or Facebook. It's already kind of set in stone. Um, but I definitely feel you with that. And I think definitely for me, I definitely do it in more of a stages type like you said, it's really hard to do it all in one setting unless you are completely, you know, focused, if you have the time um, and you just have like that energy in you to really get it done perfectly. But I think it is helpful to look over it throughout a couple days because it gives you another perspective of it. You might've been looking at it wrong. Um, sometimes it's just like, you need a good night's rest to like think about it a little bit longer and then something comes to you. Um, yeah, definitely. And also those ones where, you know, like I'm just out or I have to like jot it down in my phone quickly. I always feel like when I go back to that, it's either better, like my idea with it is like better than it was initially, or I just read it and I'm actually like, uh, where was I going with this? So it's like, it's, it's difficult. So yeah. Cause it's like, almost like you had the idea, you had everything you wanted to do, but if you had had the time, you could have expanded on it, but then you kind of lose focus. And when you come back to it, it's just gibberish to you. And you're like, wait, where was I going with this? Like, I don't remember. So I completely agree with you on that. I've lost a couple of poems just because of that. I just forgot where my head was at. I didn't know. It's almost like at that very point in time, you're inspired. So you better drop everything and write it out right, right there. But yeah but you lose that flow mm -hmm. easily sometimes. um about what you were saying about like going back to like the ones you post it's yeah. funny because I you know with like doing working on my book and stuff I like posted a lot that I've changed in the book even if it's just like one word because like I read it later and I was like no like I'm gonna do this different and I don't know, like I thought about that, like, oh, it's on Facebook now or it's on Instagram, but in the book, it's going to be different. But then I was like, you know what? I don't think it matters because obviously when you're writing a book, like you go through an editing process. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. And but also, once the book is done, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. So like, I actually did follow this poet on Instagram. Her name is escaping me right now. She came out with one version of her book, right? And then she came out with another version of the exact same book. And it was just because she had to do edits and changes because the first book didn't sit right with her. 
And I thought that was really wow. interesting because she really went the long mile, you know, to go ahead and make those changes permanently. That way she had the copy that she felt was right to her in her hands. She just didn't feel content with the first one. So that also just reminds me like, you know what, I really want to publish this book of mine, but I have to take my time because I don't want to spend the resources to, you know, come up with two or three different versions of it. You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. and I think that's what's taken me so long to get my book out because once it's out, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> I'm moving on to book two. Yeah. Um, and another question I have for you is how many drafts does it take? And I feel like we kind of already um, touched upon this a little bit, but like when you write one poem already, do you go through, I guess I'm asking for like a specific number. Do you go two, three drafts over 10? Like how many times do you revise the same poem over again? Um, I mean, it really depends on the piece and how I feel when I read it because I'm big on like the imagery and the rawness of my work. Um, I aim to have all of my poetry leave the reader with something something to think about or something that stings. Um, I don't really do drafts. I'll just keep like, like I won't redo the poem completely. I rarely do that. And unless like, I feel like this is a great idea, but the way it's coming out, I can't stand it. Then I'll just leave it and I'll be like, let me do a second one and I'll compare them. But most of the time I'm just like, reading it over and over and then like I have this thing I notice where it's usually like a line or two that's annoying me and then I just get like obsessed with that and I have to like fix it so it all flows yeah and I mean I don't I can't give you a number it really just you know okay when I feel like I read it and I like felt it and I was like okay this is like what I wanted then you know that's it yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from. For me, it's like, it almost feels like different drafts, but in reality, all I'm doing is changing the order of the lines. So sometimes it's like the first line of the poem, it's good and I still want it, but it doesn't feel right in the position that it is. So then I'm like basically just, you know, switching them. Um, I'll put the second one down at the bottom, bring the bottom to the top and somehow just rearranging the order of the stanzas or just specific lines will change the whole meaning of the poem and makes it stronger. So in that case, it almost feels like a draft because the first one was in one order and the second order was different. So, but that's yeah. kind of how I, I play around with it because sometimes it just doesn't sound right. And it's weird because you know when it doesn't sound right. And then you show it to someone else or you read it to somebody else and they're like, it's amazing. And I'm like, but no, don't you understand that this one point? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And because I just brought that up, do you show your poems to anybody to revise for you? Uh, not to revise. I personally don't have anybody really do that because I feel like no one truly knows how I feel or what I'm trying to say. Um, even with my book, I'm actually not having like a professional editor. I'm editing it myself. Um, I don't know. My poetry is really personal to me. And even though I like sharing it with the world, I feel like I don't have a need for other people to edit my work but I do have, you know, people like you that I like to share them with just to see how you felt when you read it. Yeah. 
or you know what your perspective is and I feel like that's a fun thing to do with other writers now that I think of it I think except for my boyfriend um I probably only have other writers really like read it Mm because I feel like I value their opinion and um I don't know I feel like it's just it's fun that way because you guys can interpret it completely different than what I meant. And then that opens up a door for discussion, which can inspire me to create more. But it doesn't really matter to me if it's not perceived the way that I meant it. I only like care that it resonates with you in some way that touches you. Yeah, I think that's a very important um, mindset to have because I feel like, you know, that's the reason why we write poetry in the first place or at least part of the reason, because I feel like the first reason for me is for my own self-healing. That's where it all stemmed from. And then after that, it was like, you know, after you heal from it, you know, that poem can still help somebody else that comes across it. And however it helps them, whether it's the same situation that you were in, or if it was completely different, it's still just the fact that someone else read your words and they felt something from it. And that- right self is just crazy because it's like you know how many things do we read every day and how many of the things that we come across does it really affect our emotions or make us feel some some sort of way so it's pretty powerful to move somebody else and evoke some sort of emotion um just through your words I think it's like a really powerful tool and I think for that reason alone poetry can really change the world because you know you have so much um I even want to say power in a sense because just feelings, emotions, you know, we, we even um, decide impulses, everything off of emotion. Sometimes some people are more logical, but for me, I I do all my decisions based off emotions, which might not be the best um, at all times, but definitely it just shows that there's definitely some sort of mystical power in words and language and it's really amazing to see that I can have that effect on some people it just blows my mind actually yeah I mean I totally feel that way too and I think that's why like I continue to do it because of the effect that I feel that it has on people I mean that's how we met like you commented on my poem yeah I don't know I don't even remember which one it is. I don't remember either. (laughs) I think it was a pretty deep one. And um, I don't know, you loved it or something like that. And here we are now. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It can literally bring people together. That just goes to show. Yeah, make people feel like they're not alone. But I think that, you know, a lot of the, the beauty that comes from poetry is the fact that it's left up to our own interpretation and understanding, you know, a lot like music. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all just art form. For sure. And my last poem for you is, oh, my last poem. My last question for you. I'm like stuck with the word poem in my mouth. <laughs> uh, how do you know a poem is finished? Um, It's all about the feeling I get when I read it. So I don't know. Again, like I just have to read it and just kind of like get this feeling like, okay, that's good. Um, I try to wrap mine up with like a last line that kind of jumps out and hits the reader in the chest, including me. So when I read my poetry, I kind of read it as if I'm not the one that wrote it. And it's interesting because like 
working on my book and it's pretty much done. I'm just kind of like editing now. So I keep like rereading a lot of it and like the traumatic part, like it's hard because I read so much of it and I get like a chest pain and I'm like, wow, like that hit me. And like, I try to imagine like somebody else that went through it, like how it's going to help them or how they're going to like interpret it. But if I read it and it doesn't move me, it's not good enough. Like if I, if like, I'm like, oh, whatever, that sounds nice, but I don't feel any type of emotion or I'm not like, wow, like I won't even post like a poem like that. I try to like really just post what I feel like is going to touch people. That's very interesting. I think as for me, I kind of post everything. I post every poem that I recently finished, I come across almost, I really, really don't like it, then I won't even bother. But um, I've, this is something that my boyfriend had told me that I thought was interesting. He was like, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean someone else isn't going to feel it. And there was times where I posted probably what I would um, say is my worst poem and I would get great feedback saying, this is amazing. This is great. And I'm like, dumbfounded, like, really? Like, I wrote this at 3 a.m. and, you know, I was half asleep and, you know, I don't even think I was, it was that good. I just wanted to you know, upload content. So I wasn't like really, you know, not active on Instagram or something like that. And it's like the ones that surprise me the most that people are more reactive to. So from that lesson, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to post everything that's out there because you don't know who it's going to touch. It might, it might not. Um, so that's how I kind of approach it. But I really do enjoy what I call your sucker punches at the end. Cause it's like, <laughs> you, you read it and you and, and it kind of builds intensity towards the bottom and then you just hit with the sucker punch and I'm like wow there it is and I'm always left like in all like wow that was great like it's almost like a thrill like of a roller coaster when you read your work oh thank you that means a lot to me um it's funny because I don't know that's always just been my goal to kind of like I don't know, move people that way. But now that you mention it, I guess I do sometimes post poems too that I'm not wild about, but then I feel like, but maybe somebody needs to hear this. And then they do end up like really liking it too. Yeah. So those are all my questions for today's episode. And I know that we're going to air a couple more episodes on this topic. I'll be asking other poets, you know, similar questions, probably even some of the ones that I exactly asked on this episode, just because every poet has a different, you know, writing process. So it'd be cool to hear from other people. We will have that to look forward to. Um, but now I did ask you to introduce two poems for me so our listeners can hear the kind of roller coaster thrill I was talking about with your poetry. <laughs> okay. Um... Do you want me to read it and then kind of give a little description or give a description first? Uh, give a little description first and then read the title if it has one and then go into it. Okay, my titles are at the end. So oh, okay, that's right. That's a sucker punch, right? <laughs> well, kind of, sort of. It sometimes goes together. But right. um, so the first one is basically about how when you're abused as a child, you and you grow up in a toxic environment, you don't really know what's normal or acceptable, especially when it comes to the opposite sex until you kind of 
make mistakes and learn the hard way. So it took me a long time to realize the way that I should be treated by men. And I was always looking for someone to love me, but a lot of times that made me kind of end up in somebody's arms that didn't always have my best interest at heart. So here we go. I never had any safe havens growing up. So I learned to find security in other people's arms. But sometimes what felt like home was really just another danger zone. And when you're broken, you end up crawling right back to the life that you were running from, just in a different form. And this one is called Patterns. Yeah, I really like how sweet and, well, it's obviously not a sweet tone, but I mean like short and sweet. So I feel like some poems can be really overdrawn and, you know, you're just kind of rambling on but this one it, it kind of just you know wraps it up in a small little you know stanza but is still powerful on its own and um you know definitely the line where you were saying how it's just in a different form yeah it's really something that people might not even know until years later and you're looking from the outside in um you might have that not was known that yeah. was another danger zone but uh -huh. it felt something different might or even similar and that maybe that's why you were attracted to it because it felt familiar but even the, the familiarity is actually not good for you it's it's something dangerous yeah that's definitely another good point um a lot that was like a lot of what I went through I mean it's hard when like you're vulnerable and like when you're young sometimes too you don't really know you're vulnerable. Like you don't really understand all of this. You don't understand that like people can sense that. So it was just, you know, a lot of learning the hard way, but I wanted to read this one because I have a lot of my followers that are also survivors of abuse. So I felt like a lot of people could relate to this. Yeah, no, I thought it was, painfully beautiful because it's like you you came up with a, a really sad realization that this is what you've been doing this whole time um and it's been like a pattern so clearly it's more than once but you it's now that you know and you're aware that you can at least break from that cycle and break from that pattern yeah and that was the hope with it that's why it was kind of called patterns so i could kind of like look at that and be like okay well we're gonna break that pattern yeah it's all about being aware because if you're not aware you won't you won't know what to do yeah it's hard the writing makes you realize though that's also something i love about writing is a lot of times like i don't know thinking about things in your life is not the same as like when you write it down and like then I go read it and I'm like, wow, like sometimes I feel like even though it's a poem, I feel like that's the advice that like I really needed. But to think it doesn't do the same thing as for me to read it and be like, oh, wow, like I should really like do something about that or change that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like your subconscious finally revealing itself. And it's like, hey, I've been trying to talk to you all day long, but you haven't been listening to me. And <laughs> yeah. then she comes out you know, while you're writing and it's like your inner self trying to talk to you. Yeah, which is actually, um, the next poem has a lot to do with that. So this was basically like the opposite of what I just read. Um, 
this one is about learning to love myself as an adult but also healing the broken child within me. It's somewhat of an open apology to her for all that she's been through and me acknowledging that she needs me because for a long time, I tried to ignore her or you know act like she was dead, not realizing that that doesn't help my healing process. And I'm not gonna like get anywhere by just kind of like, because when you ignore like your broken inner child it's kind of like you're ignoring what happened to her mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you need to like validate the situation for you to properly heal so okay here we go so this is like me talking to her okay i want to crawl into your body and face all of your fears for you go to war with them for all the times they've defeated you teach you how to forgive yourself for what you've struggled through, tell you about the warrior that survival has turned you into, and show you how to love your, show you how to love yourself and how to love me too. And this is called a love letter to baby me. Yeah, it's, I'm like trying to think about it a little bit longer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think the first line is like almost a little creepy because you're like, I want to crawl inside of you. But I understand where you're going with it because it's like, you know, I feel the same way about me. There was instances of me as a child where I wish the woman that I am today, the confident, you know, very like head on my shoulders. I wish I could step in to that little body and take on anything that was coming at me because I kind of knew the answers or I kind of knew how to handle the situation. And when I was younger, I was way too naive for my own good. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I wish I had known, but, you know, obviously that comes of time and just, you know, living through life. That's how you learn everything. Um, yeah, that's exactly what that line was about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, uh, you hit that right on the head. <laughs> Yeah, I could feel it because I, I feel like that's, I, I felt that way before for sure. Like, oh man, I wish when I was 10 and I was getting bullied for this, I wish I could like, you know, they, I wish they could see who I am now and who I turned into and they would have never treated me like that. Um, yeah, that's also another way of looking at it. Um, but yeah. It was more about like going through like my abuse as like a young girl, kind mm-hmm. of like me wishing that like I could like go and tell her like that it's not her fault you know so like I wouldn't grow up with like all of this trauma and feeling like it was my fault or like you know all the things that you go through yeah there's definitely a sense of um hoarding the shame and you know taking it with you and believing it was your fault when in reality you are like the most blameless person in the whole situation and it's sad that kids are tricked into thinking that they are you know the reason it happened that they are at fault that maybe they shouldn't have stepped into that room maybe they shouldn't have you know worn the pink socks like I don't know you know what I mean like there's so many different things that kids are imaginative and they can imagine a whole fake story as to why it's their fault and it's very sad and even scary to think that our minds can even twist something so, you know, 
in the wrong direction and, and, and put the blame on ourselves. Like, that's crazy. Um, yeah. But it's almost very sweet that you're able to almost, you know, apologize to your younger self in this poem. It's like almost alleviating that pain and, and telling her like, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, you are better now. And, you know, it's, that's how I see it. Honestly, it's a really sweet little homage to the younger version of yourself. Thank you. I mean, writing like this has definitely helped my healing process. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like poems like this that I just kind of like had to do to like get it out and just kind of like come to terms with, you know, the situation and whatever the case that it like wasn't my fault or wasn't her fault or like, you know, whatever it is. So and it's, it's hard to write easy. like this, but in, in the end it helps. Yeah especially on this topic I know that when I dive into that kind of topic it's painful because you have to relive those memories in order to write about it um and it's not easy because it's not something that you want to reminisce about but it's the only way that you're going to be able to get the final product of the poem you know to completion and to make sure that all the rawness all the details the emotions are really there if you dive back into, you know, that one little corner in your mind that you never want to go to. But yeah, like you said, it's definitely part of the healing process because as for me, I know that there was a huge gap of years that I just didn't even acknowledge it. It's some psychology term. Um, I forget what it's called right now, but you basically yeah. lock it from your memory and yeah you literally don't even remember it happened until later one day you come across something that untaps all those memories and you're like whoa <laughs> I thought this was all a dream or I thought this never happened but yeah that's how powerful your mind can be you can literally block things out from your memory well I had a lot of things buried and then as I got older something would like trigger it mm -hmm. and then I'd remember and I'd be like oh yeah that happened yeah. and it's like if you want to heal like regardless of like writing if you want to heal you have to go back to the moments unfortunately but I mean for me it was nice because going back to them helped me write about them better and then like the writing also helped me heal so like it kind of just went together perfectly even though it was painful in the end it was it was a good thing yeah, you have you have to face it head on eventually. Otherwise, it's building up and it's just, you know, a ticking time bomb. But, you know, poetry like this, you know, it's really hard to post out there because you're basically letting everybody know, hey, I'm a victim. I'm a survivor. And it's hard to even like say those words out loud or even let the rest of the world know, you know, people that you don't know that you went through something traumatic like that. But the only reason I do it, honestly, is because I know that there's somebody out there that hasn't had, you know, their revelation yet, that hasn't come to terms with it yet. And if they read my poem or read that one line that might help them, you know, realize, wow, like I need to go through this. I need to face this on because I've been ignoring it. Now this poem is like you know, tugging in my heart that I should do this, then I know that, you know what, it was worth posting that poem, even though it makes me feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. But, you know, it 
makes it that more important for me to post because you don't know everybody. Everyone has a different walk of life. I would have never known anything about you or you know about me and we just happen to have that in common. But, you know, that just goes to show there's a lot of, you know, people out there with a similar story as us and if we can help them in any shape or form, even if it comes in, you know, in the shape of a poem, then I feel like I'm doing my duty, you know, by posting it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like me and you, like, we, we write very differently. Like mm -hmm. our styles are very different, but I think at the end of the day, like we have the same purpose to like touch and inspire people. And I mean, my followers know, I tell them all the time that they always inspire me and motivate me to write more, especially for them. Yeah, for sure. Well, we, we went in deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always like Good. that. <laughs> that's good that's exactly what i wanted um so i think we are pretty much wrapping up with our podcast now um if you could just let us know where our listeners could follow you any platforms that you're on and any upcoming work that you are working on and maybe they can keep tabs on you to see you know when that book is coming out yeah, um, my Instagram is Paza underscore Siciliana with two A's after Paza and Siciliana. And it's the same thing on Facebook, but no underscore, just a space. So um, I don't know. I've been working on this book for a while, but I'm hoping to have it out before the year is up, which should be pretty soon. So everybody can keep an eye out for that but i'll definitely be announcing it and i'll definitely be the first to know <laughs> yes of course you will <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for joining me i feel we definitely hit everything that i want to talk about even more we got to explore different um themes and I don't know. I feel like it went really well. I'm very happy to have you as my first official guest. And I'm very excited to do more with you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It was really good. And um, I think that um, we definitely dive deep into a lot of things. And I'm excited to work with you again as well and see who else you um, record with and you know, what other kind of things we can learn about other poets and their techniques and everything like that. Yes, thank you so much. So thank you everyone, all my listeners for joining in for episode two of Diana, also known as Paza Sicil Siciliana. <laughs> I knew it was gonna mess up. Um, okay. Thank you so much and tune in for our next episode. Thank you for listening in to Poetry Unraveled. Subscribe to my channel to keep up to date with new episodes. If you like what you heard, I would appreciate your rating. Until next time, I'm your host, Bubba Eyes.